Big D Entertainment, in association with Dipsy Doodle Productions, presents the Dave Holly Hour. Brought to you by TJS Ceramics, Posh Boutique in the Bridges at 57th, The Sky in T, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. The Dave Holly Hour features Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment Conversations. A true lover of arts, entertainment, good food and fun times, including an occasional Jack Daniels. Okay, so a few Jack Daniels. Here he is, Dave Holly. Welcome Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment lovers. Coming up later in the show, actor Amy Gage talks about finishing one show going right into another. In a few minutes, we'll hear from comedian William Conway, who's going to be competing in the Junior League of Sioux Falls' last comic standing April 14th at the District, a chance to win $500 cash. Plus, we'll tell you who or what gets this week's honorable mention, as well as choose another winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. But first, let's pop the cork on this bubbly little show. Time to grab your favorite beverage, lift it high, and toast it to being Thursday, a.k.a. Weekend Eve. Hey, the weekend isn't around the corner, it's here! So long, hump day and your frumpy way. We say hello to Thursdays with opening nights. The weekend is near and we can see the bright lights. Yes, Thursday, you're so hearty, we can't wait for Friday, so a day early, we start the party. All right, lift them high. Whatever it may be that you're drinking is probably going to depend on the time of the day, where you might be, and how you're listening, etc. You know, you don't want to get caught with a beer while uh, you're at work and your boss is right around the corner. So, yeah, be careful. Be smart about this decision. But here's what we're toasting today. It's to unexpected road trips and finding new ways home. Last weekend, my love... On Friday night, said, hey, what about uh, after you get off work on Saturday afternoon, we drive down to Sioux City and go to Miles Inn. Have a couple of Charlie Boys with cheese and a schooner of beer and uh, just, you know, then make our way back because we got some jazz we want to see at uh, Monk's later that night. I said, that sounds like a great idea. See, we have a new vehicle that we just got a few weeks back and this was the maiden road trip for our, we call her Luna, because the official color of her is Lunar Silver Metallic. So, Luna is the name. And it, it's a beautiful vehicle. We love it. And it drove incredibly well. Uh, and then on the way home, my wife's phone for maps is hooked up to not taking interstates. <laughs> so the direction that the car in its all of its navigational ways and so forth took it from my wife's phone and we didn't hit the interstate for at least half of the way home from Sioux City to Sioux Falls but we found a great road lots of nice curves and I have the feeling that once it's fall instead of the muck of winter becoming spring that it's just going to be absolutely beautiful to take in. So we're going to have to do that again. But uh, a toast to 
unexpected road trips and finding new ways home. The Weekend Eve Toast is brought to you by The Sky in Tea. The Sky provides all caps fun and that is best had with friends. So, you and your friends, have fun playing darts. Have fun shooting pool. Have fun listening to great live music from local musicians. Have fun singing karaoke. Or have fun testing your knowledge at trivia. Maybe you need more room to hold a fun time for a company party or a benefit. Well, the Sky's big back room will fit the bill. No matter what's going on at the Sky, it's local and it's lively. It's time to choose a lucky winner of Pizza with a Podcaster. Everyone that follows the Dave Holly Hour on Facebook or Instagram is automatically entered to win a free pizza from Sonny's Pizzeria. We pick a winner each week. This week, we say congratulations to April Coyman. We'll be in touch with you, April, to get you all set up for some jowl-dropping, show-stopping, thin-crust pizza. Pizza with the Podcaster is brought to you by Sonny's Pizzeria, right across from USF at 26th and Waltz, and Sonny's at 81 on South Phillips. Check out the very fun and incredibly flavorful menu online, sonnyspizzeria.com. So what this week is making Dave smile, etc., 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 etc.? Well, uh, it's the fact that tonight, the Midtown Coffee Radio Hour is doing a live show to record their podcast once again. The live shows are fantastic. I happen to be part of that group, and I'm looking forward to it because we're going to be at a new place tonight. We're going to be at the Icon Lounge, and that show starts at 7.30. So very much looking forward to Midtown Coffee Radio Hour. Congratulations on being this week's honorable mention. So coming up later in the show, actor Amy Gage, but on the way next, Comedian William Conway on the Dave Holly Hour. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items too. TJS Ceramics offers classes through the Sioux Falls Community Education Program and special open studio nights every Thursday evening. Bisque, studio time, or finished custom items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. Helping women feel empowered and confident is what Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th does while supplying high-quality clothing that fits your lifestyle, personality, and price point. Whether you want comfy and cozy, casual attire, or something for a special occasion, Posh provides quality, selection, and value. They carry sizes extra small to 3X and have something appropriate for any age. Feel empowered and get confident. Posh Boutique at the Bridges at 57th. For him, every day is a Holly Day. Here again, Dave Holly. Welcome back, everybody. You've missed me for the past week, haven't you? Well, I have been out and about doing a lot of fun stuff, getting a lot of fun stuff ready for some upcoming things, and had the chance to meet up with an old friend the other day. So he came here 
And from Albuquerque, well, not Albuquerque, from Grants, New Mexico. That's right. Yes. William Conway, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you, Dave. Glad Thanks for having to, me on. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. You know, I'll just, uh, we've been in communication ever since you've been gone mm-hmm. uh, from time to time. And then uh, you came by the other day and uh, it's like, well, might as well have him on. Well, and, thank and you. record them, yeah, and, and get a good conversation going. Uh, you know, because some people are saying to themselves, William Conway, you know, I used to go to some comedy shows, especially uh, a lot of, uh, you know, open mic nights, and I remember William Conway. Yeah. What happened to him? What happened to you? Uh, well, I went to New Mexico. Uh, I did have some uh, grand plans um, that didn't necessarily work out the way I had hoped or whatever, uh-huh. uh, but plans have a tendency to do that. Don't they, though? Uh, I have done a few shows in the Albuquerque area in the time that I've been gone. Um, but I've also been focusing on music, too, which is uh, really cool. Uh, and I've gotten involved with another podcast called Coffee with the Dog, which is like a daily uh, live stream Monday through Friday, um, 830 Central Time for for most of your listeners, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm probably on that podcast a couple times. I was actually on it this morning for a little while. Okay. So, um, you know, it helps keep the creative juices flowing. Well, well, tell us what that podcast is about, Coffee with the Dog. Yeah, Coffee with the Dog. It's hosted by Matt Napo, a super cool guy that lives in Long Island, New York. Uh, he's a musician uh, and an entertainer. He's been in the business for decades. And uh, he loves to feature comedians. Uh, so I was on his show like probably like nine months ago. We had a super good conversation, uh, just kind of really vibed. And so uh, he invited me to come back and... Uh, the next time I came back, he was like, you know what? You can just, you can just come around whenever, you know, so, <laughs> you have carte blanche, like huh? I literally can, I literally can pop into the show anytime it's on. Like I have like an access to, and what's really cool is like, I get to help find guests. So like we've had Preston Williams on the show a couple of times. Okay. Um, and, uh, we've had some comedians from Albuquerque that I've, you know, got to know. And so, you know, uh, that's actually kind of been more fun for me is to like help find guests and um we had the the dad and son from the gen x talks videos on the show and that was a guest that i helped procure for them Mm -hmm. you know and uh it's actually i'm finding podcasting to be kind of more my speed more my vein whatever excellent you know so it's a lot of fun yeah so at some point we will hear the uh william conway show yeah i mean i've had a podcast i had what i oh yeah it was called you see here's the thing yeah. i think <laughs> i think it was like i don't know we probably did like eight episodes and then like now i don't even think you can find it under that name i think we switched it to a lord and his lady when uh because my wife wanted to like do a podcast Mm -hmm. together which we talk about all the time but it just never seems to happen but i went and changed like all the stuff so that we could start doing it and then it just never took place but i wanted i want to do one with my wife Uh because i think that would be super fun because our banter back and forth is ridiculous see my wife has no inkling to be on the podcast but you know she's uh, number one fan. My love takes care of me. You know, she works at uh, the chiropractors that happen to be sponsors of this show. And so she's handing out my business cards, telling people about it all the time and so forth, but absolutely will not. No, she, <laughs> she just won't 
come on the show. But well, she does similar things like you do. And then uh, being an administrative executive administrator of the show, she, you know, hey, you got to get so-and-so on. You got to get so-and-so back on. Yeah. You know, and don't forget about this coming up. Yeah. So, right, right. But you're liking that part of being involved in a podcast. I, I really, really am. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I hope I hope I get better at it. Of course. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing about age. We're supposed to, right? You know, experience yeah. helps. Yeah. Well, you know, good judgment comes from experience, and experience. Well, that comes from bad judgment. Right. Yeah. yeah usually. <laughs> usually. And I've had a lot of that before. <laughs> You've had a thing or two in the past, haven't yeah. you? You yeah. might own that category. Almost. Almost. <laughs> I think so. Maybe Charlie Sheen is probably. Oh, like, I don't might... know how you dethrone him. I mean, you True. probably got to drink some tiger blood, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, the way that he goes, uh, you know, I'm not sure what he is winning at, but he's always at. He's I winning. mean, he's winning in residuals is what he's winning <laughs> in. <laughs> because, like, the dude, like, how much money does he still make from two oh, and a half men? It has to be amazing, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I still love the first time that they had asked him Kuchar on there. And he wakes up on... Is this Charlie Sheen's house? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I did. I liked it even after, uh, you know, when Ashton yeah. came. I thought it was still a pretty good show. Well written. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Very well written. Okay. Speaking of well written, what's it take to have a well written joke? Or, or not a joke, but a bit. A comedy bit is so different than a joke. You know, a lot of people say, hey, so-and-so should be a comedian because he can really tell some cool jokes. Right. Uh, there's a difference, kids. Oh, sure. But, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that, though, too, because, like, you know, and I don't, um, like, Casey Eastwood, you know who that is? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's a guy who can take a regular joke, like, th that guy's stage show is probably more regular jokes that I've heard throughout my whole life, uh -huh. but, like, he can present that stuff as a stage show pretty well and like you know like comedically comedians may not like that very much but right. to me you know the ultimate goal is to entertain There's the audience. audience exactly you know what i mean so as long as he's killing with the audience I, you know what can you really say yeah who cares if it was a joke that you know a million people have told a million times like if it can make you laugh right here right now what difference does it make so i mean but to me like, I always go back to what George Carlin said. George Carlin said that you can make anything funny by taking one aspect of it and stretching it so far beyond belief that it's humorous, mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, um, probably my most requested bit is the slow death bit. <laughs> usually and, at the end of your show. Yeah, yeah, it's said, usually yeah. my closing bit. And the thing that makes that bit work is that it's just so extremely over the top. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculously over the top, and that's what makes it funny. Absurdity plus on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so that's kind of where I think Well, see, you know, the other day I when we were chatting, uh, you know, before we decided to do the podcast together, I was sitting there going, and I never got around to asking you, hey, you're still dying on stage at the end of your set? Right. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say that, too, because so we just, me and Preston Williams just did two shows in Fargo, and I did not die on Friday <laughs> night. But the reason I didn't die is because the room set up 
well, like the tables were like super close to the stage and the stage was uh small enough that I couldn't die on the stage. Nobody I would have to you. like I would have to go onto the floor in front of the stage. Right. And so I didn't have room for it. And so like I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm not dying, you know? And then uh Preston asked me, he was like, You didn't do slow death. I'm like, I'm like, where was I supposed to die, bro? I'm like, there's no room. The tables are in the way. He's like, Oh, we're gonna move some tables then. Because like like it's it is funny to me that like I I'm almost required to do that bit. And and uh like I, I've even in Albuquerque because Kevin, uh, Kevin Kennedy, he booked me a number of times for a number of different shows, and uh, he always requested that I do slow. Like he wanted me to do slow death, which like I don't always want to do it, especially at the same venue or whatever. But mm -hmm. I mean, I get it, I guess. Right, and uh, it, does it take a toll on your body when you do that? Sometimes, and I don't know if yeah, anybody's ever noticed this. Like, if if you see me right after I come off stage, after I've especially after I've done slow death, like I am sweating so <laughs> profusely. <laughs> like, like I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that. I mean, I think it maybe the strain that I put into the groans because, like, I'm really like I tense up everything, and I when I'm groaning. Like I'm really, you know, like, and I, and even just now that I could feel the heat energizing. So that's gotta be it. It's gotta be all that groaning that just, so yeah. Uh, and I have, uh, cause I dropped to my knee and I have like dropped too hard before, right. like a concrete that hurt. Yeah. Uh, and I've ruined some pants crawling across <laughs> the floor. Um, but I don't care, you know, it's always, it's so fun. And I'll tell you this, this is actually a, a little bit of a secret, but I think kind of is something that every comedian is guilty of. Uh, I like to really zero in on somebody that doesn't want to buy into it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like usually when I first start the bit, cause you know, you know it's like a, it's crowd. like a four minute bit. Yeah. You know? And so when I first start the bit, there's usually somebody that I could see an eye roll from, or just a, like, Oh God, you know? So that guy <laughs> or that girl, I'm going to just stare at you for a portion of what I'm doing and what I'm saying, because I'm not going to stop looking at you until you crack until, until I get you. And I know it's going to happen. I know eventually you're going to come to a point where you just can't take it anymore. You're like, all right, God, you know, and you just, and you give up and you start laughing. And to me, that's some of the best comedy out there is, is, I love to make people laugh when they don't want to laugh. You know what I mean? And like um, Jeffrey uh, Eggleston, I think I'm saying that name right. I don't know if you've seen him. He's been here in town a few times. I have not had um, a chance, no. He does some great comedy like that because he does some like religious comedy. Like um, I think he's got a, he's uh, he sings, he has a guitar and he sings and he does this song I think it's called like Jesus is Jesus was a lady or something like that. And like when you first when he first gets into it, like it's a little off putting, uh -huh. especially if you're of a Christian perspective, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but as the song progresses, 
it's just so damn funny that no matter how you feel about Jesus, you have to admit You're that gonna this crack. is, you know, yeah. and I love bits like that. I love, I, you know, but I've always been that guy. Like when, when, when people are, I've had, I've had girlfriends hit me for making them laugh when they were upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not supposed to make me laugh right now. I'm upset. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm making you laugh. <laughs> Get rid of that upsetness. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a way to change that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have anybody that uh, you don't like as a comedian? Because you were talking about the fact, you know, uh, that, you know, some people will say, oh, you know, here that bit comes, et cetera, et cetera. Right. He's telling a story that we all know the joke and the punchline too for the right. millionth time. Uh, you know, because I know some comedians uh, in the area that, although they've probably never made more than a thousand bucks on a gig, uh, you know, dislike some of the major stars that, yeah, they got their shtick and everybody knows their shtick. Right. But they, you know, they diss them for doing well with that. Is Is there anybody in that category for you? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think it's kind of everybody kind of knows that me and Bublitz have had some issues. Uh, it's it's been public at this point. I've actually, I matter of fact, I got chided this weekend for uh, for publicly going after him or whatever. And here's my thing: like comedically, I don't. There's a ton of comedians that I don't necessarily dig their material, mm -hmm. but if they make audiences laugh you're respecting it yeah i like i i want to work with you why wouldn't i want to work with you you know one of the things that i did when i was here in town is i really tried hard to diversify lineups and i don't mean just in like an ethnic sense or male female i mean in brand and in, in different styles of humor mm -hmm. like i want to show this guy three or four different style comedians because then pretty much no matter who's in that audience, somebody's going to be in your vein, bro. You know what I mean? Right. So if I set my show up that way, doesn't that seem a lot smarter? <laughs> doesn't that seem like I'm much more concerned about how the audience feels? I like the model. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and cause to me, like, like I don't do this for me, bro. If I was doing this for me, I'd be out already a hundred percent. Cause it's a headache. It's a super <laughs> headache. I do comedy because I want to help people feel good, you know? And, and so when people do things that, that quell the comedy fire, so to speak, you know what I mean? When people act in ways that don't raise the scene as a whole, you know, you're worried about raising yourself. You want you and your style or your brand to further. And, and I've never really had that mindset. My mindset is I want the whole scene to do good because I don't know if you know about Jonathan Nash at all, but like, you know, he won a Nobel Prize because he had this idea that if we do what's best for everyone, then that is the best outcome possible. You know what I mean? So maybe if, you know, some people stop being so selfish, then the whole comedy scene in the area rises, you know, and that was happening. That was happening for a hot minute. I mean, you know, like there was a there was a whole evolution that happened in this town. I mean, look, bosses started at a, as a little side room of a pizza place, 
and then it moved to the Ramada and now it's moved out to T. You know what I mean? And like that happened because there was a number of comedians that like were about the club and were about boosting the scene. You know what I mean? Um, and and I don't know, it seems a little more divisive now. You know what I mean? Um, and that's to me, that's never good. But it is common in comedy. Uh, especially as scenes grow and progress that, you know, there's, there's splits and there's deviations, but me, I'd like to try and focus more on lifting comedy as a whole, you know what I mean? And which is why I I love traveling and I love, you know, cause like, listen, bro, I've never made a a butt ton of money either. (laughs) You know what I mean? But uh, I feel like I've networked really well and I feel like I have a lot of good relationships in a lot of different areas, you know, and, you know, if, if I was a little more focused, I'd probably make better money, but you know, I have, I have a lot of irons in the fire, I'm, I, but part of why I have a lot of irons in the fire is I have a theory. Okay. Like think of America, like a, like a big kindling so to speak, okay? And think of me as an individual as like a little hot poker, you know what I mean? And I like to stick my hot poker in Dallas and I'll stick my hot poker in Denver and I'll stick my hot poker in Albuquerque and I'll stick it in Sioux Falls. And you know, and the more places I stick this hot poker into this kindling, what's eventually going to happen is this whole thing is going to go up and everybody's going to know who William Conway is. And that's okay with me. All righty. You know what I mean? Yeah. But will they know you as a just a comedian, or will they know as you as a singer? I know, right? Oh man, you know you shocked the shit out of me the first time I ever heard you sing. Well, thank you. Yeah, we were, which was we at were Zach's both... birthday party, I think. I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. It was uh, we were next to that train track. Yeah, uh, it used to be Books and Brews. Books and Brews. Yeah. That's right. That's the name. Sadly, of it. it closed down. Uh, did it? Yeah. Oh, that was a nice little oh, spot. It was a great spot. It was. I did Loved a fundraiser it. there once yeah. that nobody came to, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we did. Um, yeah, I think I said love potion number nine. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my wife, my wife was there and uh, she was all happy because I did the little hip thing during the music part. <laughs> You know, because I'm an entertainer, first and foremost. True. You know, and that's the thing. I, I can, you know, I don't, I do call myself a comedian a lot, but m- more so I consider myself an entertainer mm-hmm. um, because because uh, I want to act. Uh, I haven't done a lot of acting. I've done a couple small independent things, but nothing major. Um, but I would love to get into acting and stuff like that. So it to me, it's about entertainment as a whole and not just comedy. And Matt Napo is actually uh, how I got into that. So I had mentioned on the podcast with him that I was wanting to get into music. And uh, he said to me, well, you know, if, if you're really, he sent a message to me and he was like, if you're, if you're really interested, I have this, this song that I don't necessarily want to sing. So I'm going to send you the demo. And if you learn it, send me, you know, send me some audio. And we'll, and so that's how we did lay down your guns is that's completely written by Matt Napo, the, mm-hmm. the lyrics and the song. Um, 
And then uh, he just sent me the demo. I learned it in like a day. And I literally, what you hear on YouTube right now, the what's on YouTube right now, I recorded that on my phone, bro. You Incredible. Know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm excited for an opportunity to, to get in an actual studio and cut, right. you know, cut the right way, you know. Um, and I'm super excited. He's House Entertainment brought me on like six months ago and they're really on me about getting some tracks to them because they're like mm -hmm. you know we're ready to push your stuff like but we need stuff to push right. <laughs> and what are you looking at at this point you're thinking of a full album or an ep so Just they want to they want to do at least two singles this year which means mm -hmm. i better get on it because it's already almost april <laughs> <laughs> you know um i would like to do a whole album but i know that right now we're probably going to do two or three singles i hope to get those done before i go back to new mexico so you know, by the by, this summer I should have music out and available. So wonderful. Yeah. All right. So, Mister Entertainer, a little bit of acting. What else can William Conway do? <laughs> Comedy, music, little acting. Um, juggling. <laughs> uh, I mean, the I do do some impressions, but I uh, I don't do them very often. Uh huh. Uh, I still have a lot of work to do on them because what I've noticed the most is that like with my accents and stuff, um, I can only, I can only support them so long True, and they start melding into yeah. what's weird is like, I don't go back to talking regular. Like you go into another accent. Yes. Yeah. It's so like, how, why does that happen? That's so strange. Like, why did my, why did my Irish become Russian all of a sudden? Like that makes no sense. But like, um, uh, and I do some character type stuff. Like I do a really good Arnold, I've, but I think a lot of people do a really good Arnold. Like it's just very easy, you know, like when I first moved to California in 2003, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's when they were, uh, they had kicked out Gray Davis as the governor okay, and they were holding right. like a, a special election, right? you know, and it was, I want to be the new governor of California, Gray Davis, get out, you know, <laughs> and it was just like, that's ridiculous. But the one, when I was a kid, uh, I used to love wrestling. Were you a wrestling fan? Oh, ever? yes. Yeah, I love wrestling yeah. so much. But I go back, way back, I mean, to when Vern Gagne. Uh, <laughs> That's was... probably relation to Preston, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they were filming it in a studio in the Twin Cities. Really? Yes. And was it AWA? I can't remember what it was called, but uh, it was just a Sunday morning mm -hmm. is when it aired. And uh, all of us at Southwest Minnesota State University would be, that'd be the first thing we'd do when we woke up from our hangover before we went for some lunch, is uh, watch the wrestling. And that's where Hulk Hogan started, Adrian Adonis, yeah. uh, and, and all of those. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. AWA. I think it there. was. But, yeah. uh, you know, and Mean Gene Okerlund was, oh, yeah, mean Gene, was, the, or was the announcer. And uh, see, but my favorite of all time was The Crusher. Really? Yeah. I'd love to crush. He'd take a, you know, he'd do interviews after a match. He'd walk in and he'd have a keg of beer up on his shoulder, right. smoking a cigar. 
Yeah. Really? But I don't remember. This is, oh, see, the, I the Crusher goes back. Kona Crush. Well, you're talking about something different. I'm talking different. about the Crusher. Yeah. In fact, there was even a novelty song about the Crusher. I'm trying to think if I know. Because he was uh, what? Because I was in uh, college, uh, mid early to mid '80s, and by that time, the Crusher was kind of coming to the end of his career anyway. Oh, okay. But uh, I think one time he even tag teamed with Baron von Raschke. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, I was in journalism and mm -hmm. I was in charge of the sports section. And I interviewed one of our classmates had a brother that did like some small small circuit wrestling. Mm -hmm. And so I did an interview with him, and it was actually one of the one of the coolest things because how often do you get to you know talk to a guy and get kind of the behind, especially back then because this You're was right. like god 97 98 okay. something like that you know and you know because nobody nobody broke kayfabe back then you know like you yeah. couldn't talk about you know arrangements and stuff like they didn't like it. it it upset people and so his name was the ts aggressor his real name was travis shillington and he was a small <laughs> no-name guy but he, he had had a match in sioux city with earthquake Ooh. And as soon as he told me that, I was like, hold the phone. Hang on a second. You so were there. I'm guessing <laughs> since you were wrestling Earthquake, you knew you were going to lose. And he said, yes. <laughs> I said, okay, we need to have a conversation then because I have to know what goes through your mind when Earthquake begins his stomp. You know what I mean? Because in case you listeners out there are unaware, Earthquake was like a 500-pound dude. And what Massive. this dude would do for his finisher is he had like a taunt that he did before his finish, which was he would jump in a circle all around you, just very, in, like, and then he would go rope, rope, and then sit, like plop, sit, <laughs> on your chest that was how earthquake finished his matches and so i was like dude you have got to tell me what goes through the mind of a man when earthquake begins that stomp and knowing that 500 pounds yeah, is gonna sit it's coming down bro. on you <laughs> there's there's no stopping it now you know like and he goes Really, I was just thinking, you know, I don't think $500 is going to cover this emergency room visit. <laughs> <laughs> and that is entertainment, folks. That is. <laughs> now, have you ever been able to use that line in a bit that you've written? I don't know if $500 is going to cover the emergency room yeah, visit. Yeah. That's I, a classic. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I've told the story a couple times. Yeah. Uh, I like to tell the story. And that's my thing. You know, to be honest, and honestly, this is why, this is probably why a lot of people don't like me is uh, I'm not so much of a comedian as I am a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I, You know, I got a lot of funny stories. I've had a real messed up life, you know, and uh, uh, Mark Twain said that tragedy plus time equals comedy. True. So to me, uh, you know, I should be able to talk about the bull crap that happened 20 years ago. Yeah. And it's funny now because we're through it. It's okay now. 
you know, like nobody died uh, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> At least that we know of. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but so, you know, I do. I tell a lot of stories rather than tell jokes. But then, you know, it's funny, too, because, you know, back when I told jokes, you know, because I do like the storytelling format no matter what, even if it is a joke. But when I was writing jokes and making up stories well then my family got mad at me they were like we didn't do that and okay well let me tell the truth then (laughs) (laughs) they don't like that that's one way to get them back no doubt about that all right so how long are you uh, in the area for uh i plan on being here into may a little bit okay um i have an oh uh well it's not really omaha i forget the actual it's like a suburb i think it's actually a suburb of lincoln i'm playing nebraska okay like uh may 25th i can look real quick all right i'm so sorry not a problem that's yeah that'll i should have notes so end of may you're gonna be here through more than just a little bit of may then right well i mean well i i know that date anyway because it's my granddaughter's uh, 12th birthday is it yeah (laughs) that's awesome And uh, she can make you laugh. Uh, Jeremy is who I need to. Oh, and by the way, um, since I'm on here and since other comedians might be listening to this, if you're not on Rogue Comics of America yet as a comedian, you really need to do that. Because if you're looking for rogue gigs and stuff like that, Rogue Comics of America is a wonderful Facebook group. There's solid paying gigs available on there all the time. If you have a gig that you're trying to fill, you need somebody like it's also a good source if you're trying to get somebody a spot, you know. Uh, So check that out uh, because um, Jeremy, um, I think it's Peterson. Yeah, he's he does that. And it's it's a really he runs that. um, The website is it? No, it might be John. I think it's John. I'm. um but it's a great, great Facebook group, and you can really get some gigs. That's um, how I got hooked up with this gig. I'm trying to, because as soon as I booked this gig, I started, I literally sent like six other comics to this dude. I'm like, well, if you're trying to book people in this area, like, here's some people. So, Ralston, Nebraska. Ralston. Yeah. I'm playing the, I'm trying to see the name of the venue. The Granary in Ralston, Nebraska, I'll be at May 25th. All righty. And that's my last scheduled show thus far. Okay. But uh, I have to, like, no matter what, like, you know, my wife is, uh, uh, my wife is taking care of things at the rodeo grounds because that's what we do for our Mm -hmm. regular work is uh, we're groundskeepers for a rodeo grounds, which is super fun. Um, And I love horses and the rodeo and so it was a good time to watch that stuff. But she's watching over all that stuff as I'm out gallivanting around the country. So, uh, but I have to be back in June for sure. Okay. Like, because um, otherwise, you know, it's just, it's too long. Yeah. So we'll uh, get the opportunity uh, to see you hopefully because oh, yeah. there's a couple of months time yet now. So, well, and I haven't looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah I haven't booked for here in Sioux Falls yet, uh, well, but hopefully I'll that. secure that booking this week. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. William Conway, my friend, always great to see you and uh, catch up and and have a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. I know we could go on for hours, but, you know, it it is 
schedules. Right. Yeah. You know. All right. Appreciate it. And we'll be back with more of the Dave Holly Hour in just a moment. Check out the new ceramic studio in Sioux Falls, conveniently located off Kiwanis Avenue on 5th Street. TJS Ceramics. We have thousands of classic vintage ceramic mold items and several new items, too. TJS Ceramics offers classes through the Sioux Falls Community Education Program and special open studio nights every Thursday evening. Bisque, studio time, or finished custom items are available. Visit TJS Ceramics Studio in Sioux Falls today. Comedy magician and hypnotist Jesse Moffitt's right. He can't play the piano, but he can sure entertain crowds with his amazing magic and clever quips. His shows always make the participants the stars, especially when they've fallen asleep on stage. Uh, I mean, they've been hypnotized. Are you the party planner in your group? Then you owe it to your group to make the event magical, even if it puts you to sleep. Here's how. For booking information, go to Jesse Moffitt Entertainment on Facebook. That's J-E-S-S-E-M-O-F-F-I-T-T. Or call 605-929-0964. He's a bit flirtatious, but most of all, fun. Once again, here's Dave Hawley. Welcome back, everyone. Oh, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? It is always a pleasure to talk Sioux Empire Arts and Entertainment, and it's always a great pleasure when I get to have a new guest on as well. And today, this is a lady some of you may have been saying for a few years, hey, where's she been? We used to see her in so many things. And now, all of a sudden, she does one thing and jumps right into another. The actor... Amy Gage. How are you? I'm good, Dave. How are you? If I were any better, I'd be twins. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's always fun to be around you. And we got acquainted recently because we were both in Premier Playhouse, the Premier premieres. Yes. But interestingly enough, we were in two different shows. (laughs) That's true, too. (laughs) Same night, every night. And uh, we had a a great time getting to know each other. Uh, And you were part of Broadcast Theater's broadly speaking and other bs correct and you got into that and did a marvelous job by the way thank you and then i was in the show that was after that with a as it's now being referred to by many as a cameo appearance <laughs> <laughs> well that radio voice you just oh, can't beat it can yeah you? <laughs> that's true yeah and people always ask where do you get that anyway well, I bought mine at Walmart, top shelf, 1995. <laughs> Actually, it might have been a rollback price, even. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it kind of came with everything else. Uh, right. so I've worked on it a little, but, you know, beyond that, it was pretty much mine. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you decided not to stop. So you went from that, and you're now up at uh, MCAP. Yes. Mighty Corson Art Players. You're going to be in Long Last Leo. Correct. And we'll get to all that in just a bit. But so tell us what, first of all, was the yearning to get back on stage? So I... Um, I did a lot of theater in high school and a little bit in college, and then I went on to meet my husband, and we started having kids, and I naively thought that I couldn't do both. I thought, well, I'm a mom. I have, you know, mm-hmm. what turned out to be five children, and so <laughs> I've got to focus all of my energy there. And um, the whole time I was yearning to get back on stage. Right. I loved it. It was like my bucket filler when I was back in, you know, back in the day. 
And um, my kids got older and they wanted to play Xbox more than they wanted <laughs> to play with me. So I thought, well, okay, I'm going to do something. And as I started investing in the theater community, I realized how short-sighted that I was to myself because you can always have what moderation is key. Yeah, I could have exactly. I could have invested a little bit in myself here and there and you know went back to my family and I probably would have been better for it. So I always encourage these younger moms like, you know yeah. what? Don't say I Don't can't. Don't worry about it. Just do you it. Know, yeah. Moderation. Okay. So what got you interested in theater in the first place? So Believe it or not, I'm a super, super introverted, shy kind of person, and I like people, right. but I also do, um, I need kind of some me time by mm -hmm. myself. And so um, I just always, I always, I never wanted to be the center of attention, but then once I got on stage... I like to be that kind of center of attention, probably because I get to be anybody but me. Right. <laughs> so um, I don't know. It just really, I had a lot of really great people in my life that really um, invested in me and helped me kind of craft. And I've got a lot of work to do, but I'm having fun making um you know, making some time for myself. Well, if you think you've got a lot of work to do, then uh, it's really going to be amazing then because you already do such a great job. Thank and you. Uh, so now let's uh, go back first and mm -hmm. talk about um, having been in, broadly speaking, another BS. Yes. And in the premiere of that for Premiere Premieres, what was the most fun you had doing that? Um, I mean, what a magical thing to be able to bring real people that you know's words to life, mm -hmm. you know, and that was getting to see um, the whole process from the writing all the way through. So that was really, really interesting. Um, I think what kind of goes back to everything is relationships you build so mm -hmm. like getting to know you for example right. was a really awesome experience um the broads um were great i love them um and i you know made some really good friendships but also just you know sharing somebody's story right uh and that was the fun part that you know around the set around the stage and uh backstage and dressing rooms and so forth simply referred to as the broads mm -hmm. okay yeah. broads get on stage <laughs> you know <laughs> it's a, a lot of fun with that and of course you know the original uh broads will tell you and uh, many of them were in this show so you were one of the outsiders that got in that had to yeah. be wow pretty cool to do huh it was fabulous yeah it was an honor to to be selected to get to be abroad. Um, and we still have kind of a connection. We have our own little, mm -hmm. you know, message group and we're right. still sharing things back and <laughs> forth. And so, yeah, for sure. It was it was an honor. Yeah. And uh, uh, well done by everybody. And uh, of course, now, you know, the original ones are back at it. Uh, they've been down at the old town. Mm -hmm. But now you're headed the opposite direction. They went south. You've gone north <laughs> to Corson. Yes. And we love, absolutely adore Mighty Corson Art Players and that little intimate theater uh, that has like maybe 12 square foot off stage to, to get around in when you're not on stage. Uh, but it's just a, a such a fun place to showcase so many things. So tell us about this play at long last Leo. 
Yeah, so uh, this is my debut out at Corson, and so I'm super excited. Um, just the uniqueness and quaintness and sweetness of that mm-hmm. of that uh, venue is amazing. Um, at Long Last Leo, this is probably my most challenging role to date. Um, so it is very exciting. It's about a family who is dysfunctional maybe okay (laughs) um functional dysfunctional um so it is about uh, the title character leo is um a kiddo that's been away from home coming home away from home and while he's been gone he has written this um 638 page manifesto um this declaration of how life can be and how life should be and um, he's coming home to his family and his community, and he wants to share it with everybody. Uh, there's a mom who I play, and she is she has a mood um, um, disorder, like you know, depression, that kind of thing. Um, then dad is kind of a philanderer, philanderer. Uh-huh. Um, one of those. One of those. Um, but he's really trying to kind of keep the family together he you know he really you know he loves his family um his sister is this uh wonderful lovely funny funny character that i think everyone will love as much as we do um who is a single mom and just kind of trying to juggle life as it comes to her um and then gloria the little neighbor girl is um their the relationship she builds with leo is very sweet and fun to watch um and so it's all about how he tries to share his message with his family and he can't get anyone to sit down and read the darn thing um but at the end of the day i think it's going to be a very moving and a very touching story on so many levels and i'm excited to share it with everybody and and nobody in that family actually fibs and says oh yeah i read it it was great (laughs) they they didn't do that okay so at least it's an honest dysfunctional functional family yes (laughs) (laughs) and who's playing whom in this uh i'm guessing that sean mueller is your counterpart yes mr beagle dad okay um then ryan howe is um our lovely leo Mm -hmm. um and then um grace Grace, what's that grace jilden yes yes jilden is gloria and she's fabulous and then elise kellogg Thank you. Yes. I was just like, oh, the name was there, and then it yeah. disappeared. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, you know, some pretty good actors out there. It's so amazing to yeah. see that caliber of talent all come together, even um, from the very beginning. You know, it's it's been um, an honor, but also somewhat intimidating to mm-hmm. see all of these really talented people and then i get to be one of the crew so okay so i have to ask yes. knowing the time frame of when those auditions were and knowing the time frame of when we were doing premiere premieres had you already been thinking about it before premiere premieres to audition for mcap yes you i had. oh i love that little theater and so when the opportunity came up i was super excited so yeah Absolutely. And it's going to be your debut out there. My debut. Oh, looking forward to that. And and hopefully the debut of many shows. 
I would love to you know spend more time out there for sure. Yeah, and uh, so everything's going well. Rehearsals are are doing well, and uh, how's that director, that Brian Shipper guy? Oh, he's a pain. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. This is my first time working with him, and I remember. Um, you know, you go to auditions and you hope for the best and, mm-hmm. you know, inevitably you get disappointed sometimes. Um, and he was probably the nicest disappointment I ever got from, you know, when I first started back into the theater world. And so I was really excited to meet with him and, um, you know, hopefully work with him at some point. So, no, he's great. He's yes, great. he is. Yeah, yeah, we love him. And uh, he's he's been here in the Dipsy Doodle Production Studios on several occasions. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about theater in general that you think is so important in someone's life? I mean, the obvious is, a you know, a departure from reality, right? We can go to the theater and we can, you know, get lost in some stories. Um, but I, I think that it tells a lot about um, how life could be, should be, would be, shouldn't be. And the parallels that you can make in your own life are just really important, um, especially in this day and age. Yeah. So, Best role you've ever been? Okay, I've got a tie because okay. this one isn't done yet, but I think it stands yeah. to be very, very okay. likely a top contender. <laughs> um, but I also vie more in Footloose was oh, probably yeah. my second. Um, the, the other one that I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. I love that. I would do it again. What's the role you haven't played you want to? Oh, <laughs> um, rabbit hole. Oh, I would great. love to play the mom in rabbit oh. hole. <laughs> so I hope that that comes back around someday. Uh, yeah, I do too. Boy, that was an amazing show. Oh, it was yeah. so good. So well done. Yep. Are you surprised at how well theater has come back in this area? Because, you know, there was a downtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we, we just had this explosion over the past uh, decade, maybe even two now, mm-hmm. of the arts becoming very strong and theater coming back, not only coming back, but in a bold way, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no longer, let's just do Annie, get your gun. No. There's, there's challenging things. How do you like that, first of all, as a fan, and then second of all, as an actor? <laughs> that is a good question. I get in um, one per interview. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good. So here it is. It, Let's mark it, it down. Last or, you know, no. <laughs> um, so as a patron of the arts and a passion that has a passion for the arts, the more the merrier. Like just, you know, they're, they're really, the caliber of actors are really great. And the stories that are out there that we get to tell are great. And so that's fabulous. Um, so as an actor, of course, the more competition there is, it's harder to get in up on the right. stage. But, um, you know, I I think that that's the best part, though. Right. It's to, also more fulfilling that yep, way, too. To, yeah. yep. And to be challenged. And, you know, when I am disappointed about a role, mm-hmm. um, I take it and go, OK, what can I do to invest in my my talent so that I might be selected for the next one. And right. so I use it as a way to kind of challenge myself and, 
you know, look forward to the next opportunity. And you're not one of those that would say, oh, I didn't get the part. I'm not going to that show. Oh, no, gosh. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Nope. And I... I, I just, I've never been like the, oh my gosh, why didn't they give it to me? I deserve mm -hmm. it more. I'm always more the like, okay, I can't wait to see what, they, what they're going to yeah. do with it. And, um, you know, and so then, you know, I know I would never not go because of that. So, no. What do you like going into an audition? What, uh, are, are you one of those that goes, oh, I'm, I'm just going to go bold. I really got to do something over the top. Or you, you, you play it safe or do you read the room when you're there? So, notoriously speaking, I am not the best auditioner. <laughs> I'm known for it. So, I get two in my head, and I would say that that has evolved as I started going, getting back into theater. So, initially, I mean, I remember my first audition might have been MCAP, and my voice was shaking, my hands were shaking, I couldn't read the script. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Um so I've gotten stronger with auditioning, but mm -hmm. I still am just a nervous wreck, Dave. I am a nervous wreck, and I don't know why, but I just am. <laughs> <laughs> well, after the uh, conversation's over, I'll, I'll give you my tip for uh, getting relaxed before yes. an audition. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you hope to accomplish yet as an actor? I just want to keep telling stories mm -hmm. and... and um, hopefully powerful ones you know the the show out at mcap this this season um right now is an example of how beautiful storytelling can be and i leave those rehearsals saying if i can do a quarter of what i've got in my head and everybody else does what they're doing right now this stands to be the strongest show I've ever been a part of. Wow. Yeah. It's just really quality, quality stories and quality um, actors and quality director. So, yeah. And, you know, one of the other things that's been so fun about uh, the explosion of arts again uh, is seeing all the little things that come up, too, besides, you know, MCAP. And we've got to Old Town. They've been in existence many years, 40 each. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Premier Premier now uh, and uh, what was sect. But mm -hmm. you've also got Goodnight Theater. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you've got uh, the Broads. Mm -hmm and broadcast theater and then there's you know monstrous little theater mm -hmm. and the places that are hosting these as well you know uh wineries uh and you know uh tap rooms things along that line book cooperative mm -hmm. it's just amazing uh to see what's taking place is there anything we're missing as far as other examples? No, oh. in terms of oh. everything we have for art now in this town, what is there? Is there one niche that uh, we, we still need to zero in on? You know, I think just keep more of what we're already doing. Mm -hmm. um, I love dramas, so I'd like to see, I mean, you know, Monstrous is a big dramatic um, theater company, um, but I'd like to see more dramas. Um, although we had a little debate the other day, one of us was saying, oh, we need more fun and funny. And, you know, I want to go to the theater and, you know, laugh. And I'm like, not me. I want to go and I want to cry. And I love making people cry. <laughs> that's my favorite. Bring so, the box of tissues. That's right. That's right. Steel magnolias. <laughs> no. So, yeah, no, I think we're doing a great job, but I'd like to see it continue to, to evolve and grow. 
well. All right. Well, and let's go back. Uh, you know, we're flip-flopping a little bit here on everything, but it's, it's worth it to get it in the right perspective of the fact that, uh, you know, we just finished up with Premier Premieres, locally written, produced, and they're going to do it again. Does Amy H. have any inkling to be a playwright? You know, I love writing, and I do, actually. I just don't know that I have that that killer idea that I've put all together. But, yeah, I love writing. I love writing. So, you know, maybe maybe if there's somebody that wants to, like, go into business with me and we can be co-writers, I would I would be game. <laughs> Sometimes it takes that, like, first push right. step for me. So, well, so, yeah. I, I've got ideas. So, all right, I got my partner, guys. <laughs> no, here we go. <laughs> Off on another adventure for Dave. Uh, but uh, what do you think is the most fun of the theater family? You know, you mentioned it early. You know, we got to know each other because mm -hmm. we were in a production together, uh, and everybody talks about the theater family. And uh, Bob Nelson obviously has the greatest, uh, you know, theater family amongst any human. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as you, you know, because now you're moving on and you're up at MCAP. Mm -hmm. And so there's another group of people that you're going to be associated with. Yep. What do you enjoy about that part of it? As far as um, just, you know, being, you know, that you've got people that you can count on mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you've been in a situation with them. Maybe you flubbed a line. Maybe they mm -hmm. flubbed a line. Mm -hmm. And each of you had each other's back. Yep. And, you know, when when the play's over, you still have each other's back, don't you? We sure do. We sure do. So many relationships. You know, I, for example, Sean, you know, we go way back to my first, you know, stab back at theater, which was Beauty and the Beast. Um, well, that wasn't my first, but my first musical back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you do. You you go through tough times, and those are the people that you can call on, and you can say, hey, guess what? I could use your support or your love. Um, you know, those relationships are so important so important and i do think you're right it stems from being able to trust them with you not landing flat on your face on stage in front of a huge group of people you know so yeah it's a special relationship as you i'm sure know as well um you know one group we forgot to mention bear botkins <gasps> That's you know as we're starting to head well we hope summer. we're heading to summer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that's uh, that's another one and you know in a in a park in the summer right right take some water along with you to stay hydrated uh but you know there's just a, it's been such a great explosion the other thing that i love and I, I say this often on this show is it's not competition it's collaboration yes and we've been so fortunate and you know uh yeah there's going to be roles you don't get right so you competed for a role you didn't get it yep but there's going to be times the other person is saying that, oh, I didn't get it. Yeah. But yet you still go to the shows. Yeah. You still uh, like to enjoy things. And it doesn't stop people from being in different theaters. You know, because it used to be, you know, if somebody was in sect, they were pretty well in sect. If somebody yeah. was Old Town, they were Old Town. Yep. MCAP, MCAP. Yep. Now, uh, you look at the, the established actors that we have, uh, you're going to see the resume at all three. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's just uh, so much fun to always read that. And, well, they enjoyed their part over here. And see, that's the other thing is that when those bios go into the playbill, mm -hmm. 
you know, they're not being edited to say, oh, we can't talk about another theater. No. Yeah. No, and never. So it's just a, a great uh, thing. And, and hopefully, um, you know, there's uh, DAPA as well. Yes. <laughs> and we just saw uh, Beauty and the Beast Jr. And it was absolutely amazing. Yes, they one, do so good. One of the most well-deserved and longest standing ovations uh, that I've uh, ever experienced at the Orpheum. And, uh, you know, we don't have kids, and our grandkids uh, live north, so they're not here and involved in it. Mm -hmm. And people will ask us often, you know, well, why are you going to that? You don't have any kids. Uh, because we're seeing the people that are going to be up on stage uh, for the premiere for Old Town for MCAP mm -hmm. and all the rest of them mm -hmm. coming up. Yes. And, you know, we have people staying here now mm -hmm. because the arts are available. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's wonderful and uh, so thankful that you happen to be a part of it. Uh, but uh, my question is, you know, I, I like to end on these uh, two questions. Sometimes answer to number one means we don't need to have to, have to ask <laughs> oh answer <boy>. two <laughs> or question two uh so question number one then would be when you were not involved in arts and entertainment yes. what do you like to be entertained by oh um okay i, I do i want to answer this honestly yes. or do i want to answer this with maybe well, you the can, right answer you um, can you can you <laughs> no. can do both we no. have time um i am a reality TV junkie. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh. Give me The Bachelor. Give me all that. Love oh, is Blind wow. on Netflix. Is What like, about I'm... this new one with the farmer? No, I haven't. <laughs> I, I tried. I just, I didn't, I couldn't get into that one. I tried. Um, but yeah, um, Love is Blind is probably my favorite. Oh my. So yeah, I'm waiting for Friday's episodes to, to get They're dropped. To dro okay. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so it's very sad and pathetic. How, and I, housewives? Um, yeah, well, I've watched Real Housewives of Orange County. Okay. I don't get into all of them. Who has time? I have True. five kids. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've got to pick right. and choose. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, reality TV, it drives my husband absolutely mad. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So your five kids ranging in age from what to what? So I have a 13-year-old son. I have a 15-year-old son, I have an 18-year-old, and then I have a 20-year-old and a 22-year-old. So Oof. we're like, they're all leaving the yeah. nest now. So, so I, even more time for mom to be I, on stage yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. but my kiddo Aiden um, is my one kid who has actually kind of invested in the theater community yeah. with me. And so they're usually backstage helping. They spend a lot of time up in the in the fly uh -huh. for uh, TPP. So... No, it's it's great. We've had a really good time bonding that yeah, way. Yeah, I saw Aiden around, uh, at, mm -hmm. you know, at the shows that we were yeah. involved in, so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, okay, so what about any other hobbies? Um, I like. I'm an old lady. I like to knit and crochet. Um, I like to. Um, I've started cross stitching, and so yeah, I'm I'm kind of a boring old lady. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, you know? That. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, again, you are going to be in At Long Last Leo, which is yes. coming up in uh, April. April 21st through the 23rd and 28th through the 30th. Okay. And get your tickets at uh, Course and Mighty Art Players. Yep. They're $20 a piece, and you can call 605-582-2771. And 
I just couldn't encourage people to see this show more. It really is going to be special. And uh, I, I don't have to worry about ordering tickets because, well, we took care of that last year by becoming uh, members there and uh, getting season tickets. I will be looking forward to seeing All you. All right. And usually sit in the first or second row, so it won't take much. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. Amy Gage, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking some time to be on the Dave Polly Hour. Thank you so much. And we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a moment. Ladies, when it's time to give your nails some love, get that extra special treatment from Quality Nails on South Minnesota Avenue in Sioux Falls. Manicures and pedicures that look great and make you feel fantastic. Zaya and Tony provide professional care for your hands and feet, whether you just want the basics or an extra special look with added flair. Oh, and guys, it's okay to treat yourself too. Quality Nails. Call for an appointment. 605-334-1463. Dr. Perry Langston and Dr. Corey Tooney know excellence is in you. That's why they provide you with excellent care at XL Chiropractic. Improving your overall health in spirit, body, mind, and will. Get results the natural way. Arrange a consultation. 605-332-9235 or xlchiros.com. Excellent care for excellent people. Excel Chiropractic, located at 4309 South Racket Drive in Sioux Falls. From the Dipsy Doodle Studios at the world headquarters of Big D Entertainment, a 40-square-foot home studio in the middle of America, it's Dave Holly. Thanks once again to my great guests, William Conway and Amy Gage, and of course, you. Thank you so much for listening, downloading. Uh, by the way, downloading. We are now over 12,000 downloads for this show. Sharing, following in his uh, social media, and your overall support of this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't so far, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, which automatically gets you entered for Pizza with a Podcaster. And now for all 173 episodes, go online, DaveHollyHour.com. They are all there. As the Sioux Falls Arts Council says, together we art. As Art South Dakota says, home is where the art is. And as I say, put some art in your heart. Remember, I'm Dave Holly, and for me, every day is a holiday. The Dave Holly Hour has been brought to you by TJS Ceramics, Posh Boutique, The Sky in Tea, XL Chiropractic, Quality Nails, Jesse Moffat Entertainment, and Sonny's Pizzeria. If you would like to contribute to the continued success of this podcast, simply buy Dave a cup of coffee. Go to DaveHollyHour.com and look for a coffee cup icon in the lower left. The Dave Holly Hour is produced in the Dipsy Doodle Studios by Big D Entertainment. Thanks for listening.